Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. Casey and I just escaped a maybe not super dangerous sauna session. We had a snowy day here today, and as a result, thought we would really warm ourselves up for a bit there. And boy, is that exhausting. We haven't been using the sauna as much because the basement was a bit of a construction zone. But now that it's tidy, it's nice and peaceful. And we played NPR. Ooh, NPR. Man, they really have only talked about COVID for the past couple of years, and it is kind of exhausting. But there was, I will say, a piece tonight about this homeless woman in Boulder and I uh, can't remember why she couldn't afford her house at one point, but then before you knew it, she was living in her car, a van, and then the transmission broke, so she was stuck in the van. And she had her little dog named Daisy, her little Daisy dog. And Daisy died, and yeah, sad story. But uh, at the same time, you can't help but think, you know, Boulder has had a reputation of being unaffordable for housing forever. So being a super expensive place to live and being there then not being able to afford housing, why would living in, like, you had a car with a working transmission, I would have driven it to someplace more affordable. You know what I mean? Anyway, I think they're doing uh, some daytime shelter, it sounded like, so that'll work out for them. Also, I was listening to some William McNeil, American historian, and um, he had a 1990s talk that he did at some school with a terrible hiss called Reshaping History. And um, at one point, I went to go give Casey like a summary of what he'd been talking about. And I was like, you know what, honestly... Listen to this and tell me it's not jargon word salad. It's not total nonsense. And she came in and listened. And it brought up, and this was a major thing we talked about today, the inaccessibility of jargon-laden technical speak. That's kind of redundant. I mean, historians doctorate level kind of people who are like, oh, I, I wrote a book for academia. It, it, you wouldn't like it. And I think that they don't want their last name, maybe they're scared to let it be a, attached to an outlook of the world, something big, um, a whole lens with which to analyze history as a whole. So... They put up guards. They don't want the lay person to m- mistake them. So they make it impossibly difficult for the normal attention span. And uh, that's too bad because it really does make me just say, you know, this guy probably doesn't have anything to add. Why am I going to give him the benefit of the doubt by interpreting so heavily it's necessary. You have to interpret, even though it's in English. I'm not a translator. 
from old from English intelligentsia or whatever to uh, modern. Not even modern isn't the right word for it. This was the '90s. I mean, it's you really have to just say your piece regular. And then I was listening to some, uh, watching some Slavov Zizek, the uh, Yugoslavian philosopher, give a talk. It also had some crazy microphone hiss. And he has a Tourette's tick where he insists that his nose is dripping and he sucks it up and wipes his nose and wipes his face and gets real sweaty and he's a real schlubby looking guy. But even though English is not his first language and he's doing this ridiculous sniffle, he is still easier to understand than a lot of these, I don't know, historians. So I appreciated that. He talked about Project X and Kung Fu Panda and Gangnam Style. He didn't hide behind the names of obscure scholars and summarize, you know, assume that there was shorthand, that you must know what so-and-so said about Diocletian and during the, and then he was just moving through all of history, like so quickly, you're just like, what are you going on about? It, what is your hypothesis? Please just state it, you know? This was a grown man who lived to be 90-something, 98. Anyway, we had a really delicious salad today. It was a Caesar salad from Walmart, but it was somehow different than the last one we had with more little crumbles and seeds and stuff. And we added to it sriracha tofu, which we cut up almost julienned, almost like fries, thin and skinny. And... Um, also, some quinoa dolmas from Trader Joe's, which combined the three of those things really well. It was fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, and this morning we watched The Curse of Oak Island, guys. This week was pretty good. They put down that 10-foot caisson, and at one point the hammer grab comes up and drops a stone, a big boulder, that they had previously bored through. That it was down about a hundred feet, and I think that that was a marvelous little artifact—a boulder that you had drilled through during a previous expedition. Pretty, um, I don't know. It was ironic, and then they found a boot about a hundred and ten feet down, maybe a boot, and. When they started looking at it, they were immediately not very excited. And that struck me as curious because it's wild. You just pulled a boot up from 100 feet down. But they said because it was rubber and not leather, it couldn't have been depositors of any treasure. It must have been a searcher. But then when they read the label and looked at the make of it, they decided that the period coincided with a time where Franklin Delano Roosevelt was digging at Oak Island in his 20s, in around 1908 or so, and that that could have been a boot from that search, that search party, maybe even FDR's boot. And I thought that was a pretty crazy little piece of history. 
Apparently, FDR on his little search party said that they were finding gold shavings. And it seems like in the next episode, they do some testing and find trace elements of gold. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go because I am exhausted from my sauna. So please stay safe and come again tomorrow.